Yo, 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 yo. What's up? What's happening? It's the Great Debate Show. Jarvis Jeffries, Terrence Smith, Nick Ely. How y'all guys doing, man? Gang, gang, what it do? Hey, it's, it's, everything's good here, man. How you guys making it? Man. Chilling, chilling. We good, we good, man, we good. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, the Great Debate Show is back. So, you know what that means. It's Tuesday. And on a lovely Tuesday it is, um, a lot of us after a wild Sunday fun day needed 24 hours, you know, so we can just kind of, you know, get over everything that we witnessed, you know, on week one Sunday. And for some, it was probably miserable Mondays. But now let's get back. Let's get back to terrific Tuesdays. Hope everybody is enjoying their uh, their week so far. Hope everybody enjoyed a nice kickoff to the NFL season, week one of the 2022 season. A lot of surprises, a lot of upsets, a lot of overtimes, hell, even a tie. You know, like this happened so much, happened again on yesterday. Uh, a lot of missed field goals and um, some question marks for certain people. The first debate we want to get to is, is the Dallas Cowboys season over with. Before we get into Knicks Eagles, before we get into Terrence Ravens, before we get into my Niners, let's start the show with something interesting on Sunday night. Dak Prescott injured his thumb on his throwing arm, throwing hand. And it looks like six to eight weeks. He already had the surgery. And now the question is, is the Cowboys season over? Terrence and Nick, I'll let you start. And um, we'll go from there. Um, man, I'm going to actually uh, play prisoner of the moment, and I'm going to say that with the way they looked last night, uh, I think it was over with Dak being injured or not. Hmm. And I know that's that's, that's kind of maybe a, a little strong to say, but um, they are going to struggle at the wide receiver at the wide receiver position, and it just seems like they have a strong reluctance to not run the ball, a uh, strong reluctance to run the ball. And I don't understand why they think that their receivers are so great. C.D. Lamb is good, but he's not a proven number one. And last night, I think it showed that when the coverage is dictated to you, that being that number one wide receiver is very difficult. So I don't I don't think that um, they were in good shape to compete this year regardless. Now, with Dak being out, that just makes it completely, to me, impossible for them to compete, especially with the way the Eagles should be looking this year. Okay. So... I'm going to mostly agree with you, obviously, and I'm happy to do is do it as well and say that this <laughs> season is over. Uh, that, you know, I mean, they, they didn't look good enough at any position. They didn't look good enough at quarterback. They didn't look good enough at running back. Oddly enough, they didn't look good enough on the offensive line. Uh, the only two bright spots, in my opinion, would be Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons. But he's been, since he got here, he got in the league last year. And I would actually push back on the C.D. Lamb tape. Uh, I think I said this a little, little earlier in the summer. But my issue with the Cowboys' receiving core is not CeeDee Lamb. It's the fact that, that now that CeeDee Lamb is number one, the number two that they have is not as good as CeeDee Lamb was as a number two. And so because of that, it, allow, it, it allows you to, to slam more of the coverage to CeeDee than say what you would have been able to do to, to Amari Cooper last year with CeeDee Lamb being the number two. Uh, so yeah, the Cowboys' season is over. I mean, Cooper Rush, whoever he is, you know, I mean, I, I don't have high expectations for him. I don't think anybody does. Even people that are Cowboys fans that don't think have high expectations for him. So, uh, you know, six to eight weeks, I mean, I haven't looked at their schedule, but if they got, you know, another six, game, six games in that, I could easily see probably a two and four, one and five, 
Uh, and so at that point, you know, Dak's coming back week seven or eight uh, with, you know, maybe two wins on on his team's roster. So uh, on, his, on, his, on his team. So, you know, with that being said, I don't see a way that they're able to keep up with my Eagles. Um, the division just got a whole lot easier for us, and it was already pretty easy. Hmm. Okay. Sound pretty confident there, Nick. Uh, we will be getting to your division a little bit later in the show, but uh, I have to do what I normally do here on a great debate show. <laughs> Disagree. And I don't fully disagree, but, and I'm not just trying to make a debate. Uh, I know it seems like I'm reaching here, but just hear me out. The Dallas Cowboys season is probably over, realistically. But I have a solution for the Cowboys season to continue, if they would just, <laughs> if, if they would just hear me out. And here's my take. The Dallas Cowboys, as Terrence said, was bad last night. <laughs> he's looking. He's, Nick is giving me the uh, what's his name? Uh, Rip to Gary Coleman. He's giving me the what you talking about, Willis? <laughs> kind of look there. And uh, but seriously though, I think that they were bad, like Terrence said, with Dak or not. But here's my issue. I think a lot of that was just Dak, mostly Dak. Um, look, the Dallas Cowboys. First of all, if their season is over, if they go with Cooper Rush as their quarterback, then that tells Cowboy fans that they have threw in the towel. They have threw up the white flag and surrendered their season. I don't think they should do that. I don't think they should do that. And, and the reason for that is because I think that they can easily upgrade over that. Now, Cooper Rush isn't the answer, and that's no shade to Cooper Rush. But I can't keep making excuses for Dak anymore. I've never just came on his show and just bashed him. I've never said that he's terrible. I've never said that he's a bust. I've never said anything like that remotely bad about him or disrespectful. But he's not that good. He's kind of like my boy Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. He's not bad, but he's not great. He's somewhere in between there. And I don't like him between because that's mediocre. Dak is bad. And I think Dak is holding them back. Um, the Dallas Cowboys, if they go out and get another quarterback, the Dallas Cowboys can still compete. And I say that because, yes, they didn't look too sharp offensively last night, but C.D. Lamb can be better if they, you know, you know, have a lead, if they can win some time of possession. The running game looks pretty good from Pollard, from Ezekiel Elliott. Elliott looked pretty good on Sunday, on Sunday night. He's leaned up a bit. Yes, he's leaned up a bit. Uh, Pollard is good and young. Two good backs out of the backfield, along with C.D. Lamb. Gallup will be back soon. He's not going to be out for long. And OBJ is still out there. He's just waiting on the right time, and when he's healthy, who knows? He could be a cowboy. All I'm saying is this. Don't give up, Dallas, Jerry Jones. Don't give up. Go get a quarterback because I think that whoever you bring in with all the options that you have from an Andy Dalton in New Orleans, even though I don't think that they're going to let him go because, you know, Jameis could get hurt, even though if you saw the way Jameis Winston lit it up in the last few minutes of the fourth. Like those, I'm proud of that boy. I'm, I'm proud of him too. We will get to that later. Uh, so happy for him to come through for us in our picks. But um, they're going to be fine. It's just week one. I'm probably going to say that 99 more times in this show also. But, however, the Cowboys have options from Andy Dalton to 
Hunley in Baltimore to Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco, even though I don't... I was hoping you was going to say that. Uh, of, of course I'm going to bring it up because he's available. But again, he likes his option in San Francisco. He thought that was the best situation for him. So he probably doesn't want to go. The way Trey Lance and the Niners looked yesterday, the Niners probably don't want to let Jimmy go right now. All I'm saying is there's other options. Kyle Kaepernick, give him a workout. Kyle Cam Newton, give him a workout. Um, and look, Hunley. Hunley is a quarterback that can throw the ball pretty good. And I think the Ravens like Hunley, though. So I don't think they're going to trade him either. But they I think they're not going to trade him. They're probably not. And I got a problem with that, too, Terrence. If they don't, it tells me more of what I'm thinking. But I just have to say this briefly, real quick. They can't give up. They have to, to let the Cowboy fans know they're still fighting. And it's just one game. Yeah, they're 0-1, but they're not surrendering their season. They have to at least, we have to at least see reports that they made phone calls, that they offered draft picks to some of these football teams. And here's my solution right now. If the Ravens aren't going to trade Hunley, and Terrence fell right into the trap right there, and I'm so glad that he said it, because this says something. Why wouldn't the Ravens trade him? I mean, yeah, Lamar could get hurt, but is that the real reason why? First of all, you didn't pay Lamar. Lamar Jackson needs to get paid. And if there's anybody that could pay Lamar Jackson, it's Jerry Jones. And I say the Dallas Cowboys should go out right now and they should try to make a splash trade for Lamar Jackson and say the hell with Dak Prescott if they can do so. If they can get out of that contract with Dak, I don't know exactly what year it is that he's in that contract where he got the 40 mil or whatever per but if they can get out of it without a big cap hit or anything to really hurt them, they can make a way and create the space to give Lamar Jackson what he wants. Hell, they could probably offer him $275 million guaranteed. Bring your ass to Texas, baby. And Lamar Jackson with Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield and CeeDee Lamb running over the top on some of those run uh, on some of these bootlegs, these naked boots over the top. Lamar Jackson looked beautiful yesterday. He was throwing some dots. I mean, like, but the Ravens say say that they love him, but they didn't pay him like they love him. So I'm just saying, if you if Dallas gets Lamar, Lamar's happy he's paid. Baltimore's happy because they still have Blunt Hunley, who I think they really are drooling over right now. And they, you know, if they lose Lamar, they lose Lamar. And if and even if Dallas doesn't go get Lamar, there's still other options, as I just said, with these backups. Jimmy Garoppolo is still very reliable and efficient enough to take the Cowboys to the postseason if they can just, you know, add another piece, get get uh, Gallup back, and keep running the ball. And I say this because their defense is better than what I thought. I'm also saying this because Diggs is going to be a star. Parsons is a damn star. These guys gave Brady a little bit of hell. I don't care how many times they got in the red zone, they kicked a lot of field goals. That was a game if Dak Prescott could make some plays. Dak is holding them back. It's time to move on from him because, one, he doesn't do enough for his team. I don't care what they did last year offensively. He had all the weapons. If you're good, show me you can do it without all of the weapons. CD should be good enough. Those other guys, they're not bad. It's just week one, and the Buccaneers is a good defense. Give me a better quarterback other than Dak, and I can show you that the Dallas Cowboys can still be a playoff team with that defense and that running game. That's just my two cents, so I think they should still go for it and try something else. Brady, 
I thought would have threw four or five touchdowns Sunday night. He did not. A lot of that had to do with Dallas and the pressure of the interior and everywhere else. Parsons is a stud. He's a star. And I think the Cowboys should try to get another quarterback. I mean, I don't think Cooper Rush can get – I don't know if he can get you any wins with that team the way they look uh, Sunday night. I don't think they can get any wins with him, even though it's only probably seven games. Those seven games your season will be over with if you don't get somebody. So I just wanted to say that I think the Cowboys season is over, but if they go get the right guy, and there are some guys out there that can do just as good as that, if not better, if they just run the ball and play defense, their season is not over. And I say that because it's the NFC East too. I mean, like, somebody's everybody always has a chance up until you know like new years so that's just my two cents i know the cowboys even if they did call baltimore baltimore probably wouldn't answer the phone this is just me and my theory and it's time for lamar to get paid i don't respect or like the fact well i respect it but i don't like that he's playing and putting his life on the line putting his career on the line and his bag because he's playing with his bag every time he gets out there on that field for every snap Every play. And I don't like it one bit, and I think it's a bad move. But then again, he could bet on himself, and he could win it all. Uh, I just don't like it. And I think if he went to Dallas, he gets his money. He would be happy in Dallas. Dallas would be happy to have him, and they will treat him and pay him. And they will show Lamar how much they value him, unlike what the Ravens organization is doing, you know, not offering him what he's looking for. So I just wanted to say that that's just me. If they call Baltimore or San Francisco or some of these other teams, you know, call Pittsburgh. I think Mason Rudolph can help you out in a seven-game stretch. But Dak just ain't getting it for me. And when he is ready to come back, depending on who I trade for, I'm not so certain if he gets his job back. If somebody else is playing good, he's going to be sitting. You know, get that thumb a little bit more time to get better. I'm just, I just, I'm just half-headed with Dak. I'm sick of the excuses. This is like year six or year seven, so I don't want to hear it anymore. Week one, one game, I don't want to hear it, yada, yada, yada. He has to do better, and it's time for him to show me more, and he can't because he's hurt, and he gets hurt a lot. Either he's hurt or he's underachieving, and I'm just done with him, and if I was Cowboy fans, you should be done with him as well, and if I was Jerry Jones, he should be done with him as well. I would give Baltimore whatever they want, you know what I'm saying, for well, Lamar Dak. Jackson. I'm done. Go ahead. They want Dak. You know what I mean? But that's the only way that deal that would ever work. You know, that that's the starting point. I mean, for the Cowboys, obviously, you're going to bring in Lamar Jackson. Then, of course, you know, you don't want to have both of those guys there. So, I mean, that, that's that's the linchpin of the deal. And Jerry Jones likes that. You know, so, uh, you know, there's the impression that I get. So, I don't see that being really a viable. I mean, like like you said, I don't think the Raiders pick up the phone. Um, their best case scenario would be if they can get hold of Jimmy G. I think uh, past that, you know, you give like I said, give Cam Newton and Colin Kaepernick a call. Uh, I mean, I mean, like I, I said, mean, I'm I'm open for all of that. But as far as like winning, winning for the future, if you went big time for Lamar and they answered the phone, though, you give them whatever. And I think that Baltimore would listen though if they did answer because they've shown how much they value their quarterback by offering him the breadcrumbs that they offered him. So I'm just saying, I'm just trying to come up with a solution where everybody can be happy. Uh, but, hey, because they're drooling over their backup, I don't care what anybody says. If not, then, hey, send him to Dallas. Send Hunley to Dallas then. 
You know, I think they'll be fine with Hunley, but I don't think they want to trade Hunley. And I'm just saying, I would hit him with the old John Lynch. If 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 Hunley's not available, when well, damn it, is Lamar available? That's what I would be asking. That's all I'm saying. Um, but Dak is the problem in Dallas, and I, I I just no more excuses for him, man. He's just not that good. And if Jerry Jones likes Dak, then he likes Dak over winning. He must don't like winning much because, I mean, you saw Dak in that wild card game last year. He doesn't. Yeah. Well, he doesn't, evidently not. But that was just my two cents. But uh, look, if none of if none of that happens, then yes, the Dallas Cowboys season is over. That's just my scenario on what I think Dallas should do. Don't give up. Fans, if they do, man, stop buying your tickets, cash them in, and sell them. Sell the season tickets and don't show up. I mean, you have to put your money where your mouth is. You have to hold these people accountable. And that's just my two cents. Uh it's time for Dallas to move on from Dak, though. That's just I think so. I'm at, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, the list goes on. There are plenty helps. There are plenty of quarterbacks in this league that can do all right. You know, you know, the, real, you know the real reason why this season is over? This season is over because Dallas is already looking towards next season when they, get, when they can bring Sean Payton in. That's why this season is over. They may be. They may be. But, I mean, like, unless, unless there's nothing wrong with his thumb – that injury happened, and like the, now, the now injury, what? The injury happened. I mean, whatever happened this season was cool. Unless Mike McCarthy won a Super Bowl or had a great showing in the playoffs, he was going to be out because Sean Payton is coming in anyway. Yeah, we definitely knew that wasn't going to happen. That, but yeah. Okay. That, yeah. That's that's the real problem. And 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 look, yes, I'm sure that they are looking for Sean Payton. We've talked about that before, but my whole thing is just that. Cowboy fans need to hold the Dallas Cowboys accountable. No, they never will. And they never the, will. And that fan base is very much content with just with just existing. And that's the reason why I think they don't win Super Bowls until they leave the stadium empty. AT and T is only half full, or only a third of people are in that bitch. Until that happens, they are not going to win playoff games or enough games to get to the playoffs, let alone a Super Bowl appearance. And, you know, that's it. So, really, this is about the Cowboy fans, you know. Hey, one thing I can say about Niner fans, they will fly a banner over the stadium in a minute calling for somebody's job. They will leave those seats empty as, you know, if they have to if need be. Hint, hint, 2015, Tom Sula, 2016, Chip Kelly, nobody was going to Niner games. And what happened after that? They were fired back-to-back years, and he said, all right, Shanahan, come on down. You're the next contestant on the 49ers. Hopefully we get it right this time. And, you know, here we go. The rest has been history since then. But speaking of Shanahan, how about we talk about him then for a brief moment? Um, The San Francisco 49ers played the Chicago Bears on Sunday, and everybody was talking about Justin Fields and Trey Lance. We've seen the Niners beat the Bears last year with Justin Fields, but we didn't see uh, Trey Lance playing in that game or starting. Guys, give your take on that game. I can't give much, I'm not going to lie, because I had some streaming issues going on, and I just couldn't really see much uh, much of the 12 o'clock uh, p.m. early games on Sunday. Yeah. However, I've heard, I mean, I've seen some things, but T? Yeah. The only, the only thing I'll say is uh, I just want to give credit to the toughness of Justin Fields, who was going to have to be tough all year long. He's going to have defenders in his face every game. He was resilient, uh, came from behind to get his team a victory. 
I don't want to grade Trey Lance on his first official start to this his first official start this year to what was a very, very rainy and messy game. I just can't grade his I can't grade his performance based on that. So no matter what happened, good or bad, I don't really want to hammer down on anybody and I don't want to give anybody else too much praise because of the messy conditions on their field. What I will say is I want to give a credit to the Bears coaching staff for having the, the field changed <laughs> right before the game. They changed the field to Bermuda grass that held all that water in. And I guess they were trying to slow the port and out of down. It looks like it worked. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, it was a terrible, it was a monsoon out there. Yeah. yeah so the, game, the game should have been played, but I, I, I'm very intrigued at what, what Nick has to say. Yeah. 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 All that being said, I'll be honest. I'm going to give him a ball again on the first week, too. I I, I mean, it, it's very hard to try. I mean, you, you know, see guys slipping and sliding around. And, you know, obviously, I know they can put in some longer cleats and kind of try to get some traction that way. But as a former player, we, I, I completely understand how difficult it is to play in those kind of conditions. Uh, so I'm going to give Trey Mulligan, uh, Trey Lance a mulligan on this week. Um, <laughs> wow. A couple of other guys. I'm going to say Trey MF and Lance. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, we we ain't on that on that segment of the show. This ain't the uh, the 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 X rated, the R rated show. But uh, <laughs> no, nah, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give Trey Lance a mulligan on this week. Like I said, those kind of conditions. I mean, it's it's difficult for anybody, even the best of them, to perform in those kind of conditions. So, uh, you know, I, I give a pass on that. They did they did lose the game. Um, so that that is slightly concerning, considering that they do have you know what would appear to be the better roster, top to bottom. Um, but like I said, you know, it's week one. Uh, playing those kind of conditions, playing you know on the road, uh, so so I, I'll give him a pass. Believe it or not, Jarvis. Okay, I can't believe it. I really can't. But uh, I I respect uh, your decision to do that because you it seems <laughs> I, I, it seems like you're it seems like you're a reasonable guy. I mean, like now, it, I will say it was a monsoon yeah, out there, but I'm not making any I, excuses. Go ahead. I will say there's a couple of other points that I want to talk about that I'm not going to give you a pass on. I got a couple of guys want to talk to you real quick. Let me see some. Okay. How you feel about that? Well, see, yeah, I don't mind talking about that if you would let me get my Niner take out the way real quick. I see Patrick. I see Patrick Mahomes' uh, picture up. I see Saquon Barkley's picture up. You're going to be surprised what I have to say about Barkley I, before the show ended. Now, last episode before it ended, what did I say, Terrence? I said, "Hey." Let's watch the let's watch Barkley and Jones real closely with this giant game. Won't be surprised if they upset Tennessee. I said that before we ended the show. Now, again, back to back to the Chicago Bears. It was terrible out there. Justin Fields did make plays though when he needed to make plays. When he needed to, he did it. Only eight completions, so there's nothing to brag about. There's nothing to drool over. But he still made the completions he needed to make, and they got the win. 10 points, 10 nothing is not a big enough lead uh, to beat anybody uh, these days, especially when you have a dual quarterback, a dual threat quarterback that can be dangerous like Justin Fields. And I haven't seen enough of him, and I, I really do intend on watching him more this season as much as I can. But And didn't get to see him yesterday either, to be honest. But um, Nothing I could do about that. I was ready for that game and pumped and ready. Doesn't seem like I missed much, but from what I see, from what I've looked at, and the research that I've done, the Niners just beat their sales. They shot their sales in the foot multiple times. Uh, too many penalties. Uh, just 
you're not going to win when you when you have if I can get what I'm trying to find uh real quick here it was too many penalties though a turnover uh a, a, a fourth and one that most Niner fans think that Shanahan could have went for he can play it conservative uh at times and um but it, again in that type of environment with that type of weather you know what are you to do I don't know but um anyway the hell with the stats they they could have played better point blank they shot themselves in the foot it's week one though guys and I'm gonna say that uh probably 98 more times in this show it's week one and that's just how it goes uh there are some things that are gonna fool you on certain weeks and then there are some things that are gonna you know like yeah I knew it all along week one is week one and a lot of people should not drink the Kool-Aid. Um, we're going to get into the Seattle Seahawks defeating the Denver Broncos uh, some point here in the show later. And it's week one. Do we really think the Seattle Seahawks will have a better season than the Denver Broncos? That remains to be seen. I don't know. But, you know, a lot of these teams have been preparing for these week one games for four months since the schedule came out. And usually it's the bad teams who seem to put it all on the line and do a lot more and sometimes come out with the victory on that week one, and then sometimes they can go and lose six, seven straight right after that and be the team that we always knew that they were. So, again, and I'm not saying the Bears are still bad. I'm not saying that they're better or they're good. But they beat the Niners, but the Niners beat themselves. If you want to be real, hey, look, Trey Lance did make mistakes, and he has to be better. But I'm not going any further than that. I need to see more. It's just one game, and again, he's wet. He's raw. Behind the ears, he's still wet. He he has he needs more starts. He does not have a lot of starts. That was his third start in uh, uh, two seasons or the past 19 games. So just don't want to go too fast or overboard. This is not an overreaction Monday or Tuesday to me. I'm just going to say the Niners need to do better, and they need to not – shoot themselves in the foot against any team because now we have to win a game that we're not supposed to win somewhere in the season later down the line. I'll tell you one thing, though. Know, the Niners are playing the Seahawks, and if the Niners go 0-2, then you're going to start to hear more and more, I don't know, whispers, or will it just be crickets? I'm not sure, but either way, you know Jimmy will be in the discussion after all of that's over, and uh, they got the Seahawks next week. The Seahawks are 1-0. And um, this is – I don't know what to expect from Seattle right now. So, anyway. I tell you what. Uh-huh. I tell you what, from what I just saw, it's entirely possible there'll be 2 and all after next week. Hey, hey, again, it is. They did look good. We're going to get on Geno Smith here. But uh, I'm just going to go on a limb and say it's week one. And that's just it. It's week one. We cannot overreact to anything we saw yesterday, good or bad. Uh, and that goes for Thursday night as well. I was right about Thursday night. I'm not going to take the time to gloat, although I called Buffalo, and I called Buffalo in a blowout. All of that happened on Thursday. Sunday, it's always a crazy start to the season. It just always is, and I'm just going to leave it at that. Week one, not overreacting. If this stuff continues to happen, I will definitely come out and say, okay, I'm wrong, I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Speaking about what I was wrong about for one Sunday, because it's just one Sunday again, week one. Is Patrick Mahomes going to go undefeated? 
Probably not. But he definitely got out to a good start yesterday, uh, Sunday with uh, five touchdowns, I believe. Five touchdown passes. How much? 360-something. Okay, 360-something yards. Oh, man. Went into Arizona and lit them up. This I can definitely say I was wrong about. I just had this hitch that, hey, man, the Cardinals are going to come out and they're going to whoop Patrick Mahomes, but – and that was not the case at all. Um, I thought Hollywood Brown and Kyler Murray would get out to a great start with the old Oklahoma connection that they kind of had shortly out there in their college days. And, you know, with A.J. Green still being there, Connor in the backfield. But I will say this, though. Here's one thing that I have that I've always questioned when I put the, the Cardinals on the red seat, on the hot seat. Don't I do this every season, though? Before the season starts, because it's one person I don't have faith in, and that is Cliff Kingsbury, the head coach. If anybody watched that game yesterday, you tell me that this man deserves to coach in the NFL. And this guy, why was he such a hot commodity coming into NFL, coming into the NFL to coach the Arizona Cardinals when he didn't even have a winning record in college football? I don't understand that. That really baffles me. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. He's not that good of a coach. He doesn't make adjustments. And he just doesn't do a good job of getting the playmakers the football. Not enough targets to some of the people that it should go to. I mean, I just don't think he's good. I never really have. And I'm starting to worry about Kyler Murray. The Cardinals said after one season, we're done with this black-brown coach. And we're done with Josh Rosen. And the very next year, they admitted to their mistakes. I guess it was a mistake. Because Rosen's still not starting. And I haven't seen that coach in a while. I think it's a coordinator somewhere. But they gave up on him so soon and said, that's it right there. Calamari, Kingsbury. That's it. Make it happen. Put them together. And we've seen good, bad, and ugly. And we don't really know what to think of them. But they have not won a playoff game yet. They have not gotten over the hump. And we're in year four. They started this thing together in 2019. So this is season four already for Murray and Kingsbury. This is it right here. I think it's Kingsbury more than anything else, uh, but it's just week one, and I'm not trying to overreact, but that dude, he can't coach, and I think that talent gets them further, but coaching always can outweigh the talent, and I just don't think they have much of that. That's just my two cents. J.J. Watt didn't play, and I forgot all about Chandler Jones being in uh, – Las Vegas with the Raiders now. So that definitely doesn't help the Cardinals either as far as pass rush. But, yeah, I was wrong about Patrick Mahomes, uh, Nick. Five touchdown passes. He ate, he ate, he ate. And uh, the Chiefs, I don't know if they're going to be good or bad. I don't know, but they definitely look like they're still good. But that's just week one. It's still just week one. And as far as the Giants, I'll quickly say and let you guys have the floor that Saquon Barkley, man, I'm happy for him and I'm proud of him. Because this is the things that I've been wanting to see. And the only way I can see it is if he's on the field. And the only way he could be on the field is if he doesn't get hurt. But he gets hurt a lot. But if he doesn't get hurt, he's not bad. The Giants, are they a good team? Not bad. He's not bad. He's not bad. I mean, last season was, it was a decent season. But, I mean, that rookie year was the best that we've gotten out of him. And that was in 2018. Well, we're in year 2022 now. Time flies. What have you done for me lately? You know? But, again, I ain't forgot. I understand what he's capable of. 
my borderline bus comments just came from you just 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 putting so much on it on how great he is and it's like damn it how do you know we don't get to see his ass play much maybe i just don't watch as much but i'm happy for what he did yesterday i don't know if the tennessee titans are a good defense or a bad defense though nick so again it's just week one i don't know what to make of it i will say this though if they go 2-0 i'll pay attention to them a little bit more and they definitely have a good chance of going 2-0 so shout out to brian dabble dable or whatever it is coming out of buffalo and uh he looked like a rapper back there in the locker room. That was real. That was, they were lit back yeah, there. Yeah, that was cool, man. That was pretty cool. That was the lit. was getting down, man. Yeah. I also saw Mike Tomlin doing AB's dance after the Steelers win. So that was, yeah. that was pretty funny. Yeah. Steelers and Bengals, what a game that was. I'm done, though. I, I'm done eating my crow or whatever you want to call it. It's still just one week, Nick, as far as Mahomes and Barkley. But, I mean, I hope big things for the Giants. I, I really do. And uh, especially Barkley. I, I wish he was a Niner right about now, man. We, we can't keep any running backs healthy. And as far as Mahomes, man, I still need to see them play the Chargers twice, the Raiders twice, and the Broncos twice. That's just a week one game against a team that you guys have said you're not very, you know, confident in anyway. So let's not overdo it like, did you see what he just did? You were. The Cardinals were not, you know, you're not very fond of them anyway. So, I mean. But you were. And I still am. The season's not over. I just wanted to put their coach on the hot seat right now, as I always do. I forgot to do it, but I'm doing it now because it reminds me that, man, he's the problem. You know, speaking realistically, if it's real, he looks like he's the problem. Um, I've, I've never been fond of his offense playbook or anything like that. But uh, uh, we'll see, man. It's just week one. It is just week one again. I'm going to hold on to this picture in my gallery. I got a feeling I'll be, I'll be needing it. A number more times uh, before the season's over with. I got you. Yep. Keep it up. Keep it up. I mean, but I mean, first of all, though, like again with the Barkley thing, Nick. I said he's never healthy. I never said he was garbage when he's healthy. So I don't know where you're going with that. Oh, I don't know where you got I, me. I understand. At. I know mean, you said we, we don't see him a whole lot, but the thing about it, that's a fact. That kind of talent. That kind of talent. I ain't got to see him that often to know know if he got it or not. That right. boy got the juice. Right. Right. I I, I feel you. I hear you. I hear you. And I feel the same way about some of the other people that I'm talking about, but you can't find out in one week. You need a little bit more time with some of these guys, and Trey is one of them. It's just week one. Let's see what he does against Seattle. Then we'll go from there. Trey Mulligan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We you did. Trey Mulligan this week. You That's did. fine. You did. And I appreciate it. You're a, you're a very – you're a good guy. <laughs> I, will, I will say, though, if I, if I was you, if, I don't know how much of this game you just watched, Geno Smith didn't look good. He looked damn good. No. Oh. He looked, yeah. He looked very good. I mean, I mean, he managed the offense well. They ran the ball well. Their defense played well. Seahawks, though, they 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 were surprisingly better looking than, than what I expected. He looked very good. I'm not surprised because it's week one, but it hates to be, it hurts to be wrong after all the shit that I just said about Russell Wilson. And he didn't lay an egg, but it kind of took him a while to get into the game. Yeah, his nerves, I, like I he had, yeah. I mean, like his nerves was a little. Kind of did. Like I, I honestly expect him to come in, cook it. I, I was looking for three hundred plus yards. You know, two, three touchdowns. I, I, I thought this game was gonna be over by halftime. Yeah, I mean, I was so mad yeah, at myself. I mean, even in that though, they, they fumbled twice and like near the near the goal line. So like, yeah, twice they did beat yeah. themselves. Same thing that the Niners did Sunday. Self inflicted wounds. Week one, penalties. nobody plays preseason anymore. All of these penalties, guys, 
Nobody plays preseason yeah. anymore. This was a preseason game for a lot of these teams week one. And yeah. I'm going to say it again, guys. It's just week one. Terrence, how do you feel? I think this had a lot to do with it. I think this shocked Russell. It shocked me. He heard booze in Seattle. Do you think that kind of messed him up to start? He had bad nerves? Took him a while to calm down? The game, probably did. I didn't the think they the would do him like that. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. I didn't think he'd do that. What do y'all think? I could, I could definitely see that. I think he settled in okay. Yeah. I'm surprised it happened, though, to be honest. I'm surprised it happened, to be honest. I mean, you talk about a guy that, you know, I would say is probably the best player in their franchise's history. You know, brought you, brought you the only, I think the only Super Bowl they've got in their franchise's history. Took him to two. And, you know, you're going you gonna to boo him when he comes back out for his first game because he, he, he was ready to get out. Yeah. I mean, you, you know, if you're a Seattle fan, you know the situation your team was in. It wasn't the greatest. Uh, like I said, they, you know, they, I'm sure they feel vindicated at this point because they came out here and got the win against them. But, um, you know, I mean, that's a situation. I think you could perfectly understand why Russ would be ready to get out. And uh, so I was, I was surprised to see that he did get booed coming out. Yeah, that was a uh, that was not expected uh, for me to be honest with you. That just wasn't expected. Um, I was very surprised. I really was. But now let's get to the to the to the main. Well, I don't know if it's the main thing, but yeah, since that's the way the game ended, it, it probably would be, and that would be how the damn game ended. We're talking about a sixty-four yard field goal kick that um, the Denver Broncos attempted uh, at the at the final seconds of the game. They they. I'm trying to figure this out. The 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 Denver Broncos. Uh, this this was very crazy to me. Uh, got the guys back. Lost them for a brief for a brief moment. Nick and Terrence back in the building. Um, guys, talking about the Bronco Seahawks game. Since we're on it, might as well go ahead and finish it up. Do you do you all have a problem with the way that game ended? I mean, we just talked about the self inflicted wounds that Denver gave themselves. But they tried to kick a 64-yard field goal with 15 seconds left, but you had another timeout in your pocket. Fourth and five. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really didn't. Un- I didn't understand how they were how they were going about handling this game. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, there's a lot of obviously a lot of penalties. Uh, the self-inflicted wound with the fumbles down near the goal line—that's never going to help. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I said, this, this last drive, I was looking at Javante Williams. You know, rather than getting out of bounds on a couple of plays, he's over here wasting time off the clock, mm-hmm. fighting for an extra two or three yards. And then, like I said, you know, I mean, even and then there was just a lot of lack of days with this. I was just kind of looking at there near the end. It's like I guess they had already decided they were going to kick the field goal. Uh, but you know, with the time they they burnt probably thirty or forty seconds off the clock, where they could have you know gotten another couple plays in, you know, possibly just gone for it for the fourth for the fourth down. And gotten it and made it a much easier field goal. So I, I didn't really understand that at all. Um, yeah, you talked earlier about coaching. That is bad coaching. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. That is bad coaching. That is like criminally bad coaching. Yes. And Russell can look at frustrated too. So I don't know. Maybe he didn't even agree with what the coach decided to do. I think that's like that's his first game head coaching, right? Yes, it is. I, I See, so, Russell yes. Wilson may have not been nervous, but this head coach was. Yeah, boy. I mean, so. And, and they're just thinking it up because, okay, first of all, even the two plays, and, and, and keep in mind, he's also the offensive play caller. So I want to make sure that's known. Uh, mm-hmm. But even the two runs on the goal line, I, if I'm not mistaken, they both came out of the shotgun. And to uh, me, I believe you're correct. 
And that, that's, to me, that's just terrible. Because now this run can only go one way. Yep. He's got to come up, He's got to come across to get the ball. Unless it's a counter, which you're not going to run a counter on the one-yard line. Um, that run can only go one way. You're not fooling anybody. Yeah, that's right. God, so it's just, bad. It's, just it's, it's, it's criminally bad coaching and it's stupidity, honestly. That was bad. And, 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 he, and he, he cost Russell a, a pretty big game with his bad coaching. Yeah. Not only that, not only that, I think, um, oh, my goodness, what's the running back that came from the Chargers? Um, Melvin Gordon. Gordon. Melvin Gordon has got to have the most fumbles in life on the one-yard line. Mm. Yes. That man is very, very good at fumbling on the one-yard line. Mm-hmm. Or that's the one they tell to fumble all the time at the one-yard line. Well, he listens. He listens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know, right? He listens. He does. He's very obedient. So what have you? What would you guys had have done on that play? Fourth and five. You run one more play, right? You take a shot, or you at least try to get a quick five to ten yards out of bounds. If not out of bounds, you got in, a lot of the middle of the field. Maybe that field goal is is more doable, but yeah. you're not in Denver. If you can get ten uh, yards, you got you just got to get that first down. Yeah, listen, you go for it on the goal line twice. You can go for it and get that first down. That's right. That's right. You've got, because, Russell, you've got Russell Wilson. you got to let Russell Wilson be Russell Wilson. Yeah. Go get that first down, Russ. Yeah, there's enough time for them to get a timeout, their last timeout in, when they can get a good kick. If you get yes. one more play, you got all the middle of the field since you have that timeout. You probably can get another 10, 15, 20 yards. Who knows? But you get down and you get the timeout. And you're kicking, instead of a 64, you're probably kicking a 54, maybe even a 47. And that would have yeah. been better because that was not out of reach. He wasn't that far out of reach with that 64. It's just that, damn, are y'all serious? You're really going for that right there. That's bad. Coaching is terrible. Almost kind of like um, some of the, the boo-boos that this, the Chargers head coach had last season, especially the last week of the season. But, uh, all right, Seattle. Yeah is at the top of the NFC West at 1-0. They are the only team to win out of the NFC West as the Rams lost terribly opening night to the Buffalo Bills. The Niners were upset terribly in Chicago uh, in a monsoon by the Bears. And the Cardinals were just blew out of the State Farm Stadium by the Kansas City Chiefs. And Patrick Mahomes played like he heard everything I said on the last episode of the Great Debate Show. And that's fine. Again, ladies and gentlemen, it is week one. And if we're still saying Seattle is the top of the, the NFC West by week 11, then now that's a different story. And we were all wrong about the Seahawks. But it didn't look like they were tanking on Monday night. That's for certain. All right, so what else we got? We talked about the Niners and the Bears. We talked about Trey Lance. We talked about uh, Mahomes and Barkley showing up, playing good, proving me wrong. Although I look for Barkley to play good. I said that. Uh, but Mahomes, I do think the Chiefs are going to struggle this year. Their schedule looks bad. But then again, they look good. And if they look this good, then maybe the Chiefs are still the Chiefs. I just think the Buffalo Bills are the new Kansas City Chiefs. And, man, they're going to have some – they're going to have some – we still going to have some good games between those guys. And um, Chargers and Chiefs on Thursday night on Amazon Prime, that's going to be – on Prime, that's going to be a good one to start the week off. All right, so what else we yes, got? Sir. What else do we have? Uh, Terrence, let's talk about your Ravens. What did you get from the Ravens yesterday um, against the New York Jets? It is the New York Jets. But Robert yeah. Salah – he brings a nasty defense. They can be a little Absolutely. stubborn at times. There was, you know, the Ravens. They didn't just 
get 40 or put up a 50 burger, 40 burger. Uh, you know, like I'm not saying that they're better, but Robert Salah is just not going to have them lay down. They're going to come play. And uh, they showed up for as long as they could. But Lamar Jackson, he was throwing some dots out there, man. Um, he looked pretty good, man. What's your take on yesterday's game? And what did you think about Bateman and Duvernay? We've talked so much about them not getting him any talent. And I know this was against the Jets, but T, it looked like maybe the Ravens know what they're doing all along. Maybe they've already got the weapons that they need for Lamar. What's up? Yeah, I, I think it was a is a good test. The Jets uh, might surprise some people this year just by their defensive play. They are they are not going to lay down on defense. Uh, and listen, it, it's a game where if the Jets come out some offense, we, we we might be having a different discussion. Uh, with that being said, I think it was a best case scenario for the Ravens because it gave Lamar a very early test. It was not pretty uh, early on, but he kind of worked through some kinks and got better as the game went on and. Hit some deep routes. He hit uh, Bateman perfectly on a uh, deep pass right right over his face, uh, right in his hands. He hit Duvernay perfectly. I think even one of them was a, was a no look pass in the end zone. So uh, as far as as far as Lamar and the Ravens offense goes, I th- I'm going to give them a, a very high grade. I give them a I give them an eight and a half out of ten. I think they could have run the ball better, but again, it's the Jets, mm-hmm. and uh, and I and I think the Jets, the Jets are going to have a solid defense this year. So. But that being said, I give them a very high grade because I just I just think that it was a, a great test for them uh, to be to be up against what I think is a good defense. Right. Okay. Nick. Anything? Yeah. Uh, uh, no, I guess the second that I, I was very I was very impressed with the way Lamar looked uh, through a couple of deep balls that were that were on the money looked very good. Obviously, we saw what he could still you know of course his legs are just fine so he can de- he can definitely move there. Uh, I picked him to win MVP, and and he had a had a definitely a good start to that campaign. So, uh, you know, good for the Ravens uh, on the week two. Yeah, Lamar Jackson should really be really ruffling some feathers right now and kicking up the dust by sitting out, not showing up, demanding a trade or something. Because, damn it, I wouldn't want to be in the situation he's in right now. I'm gonna say it again. Damn it, why play? Why bet on yourself and, and and they're not offering you what you should be offered? You're not getting the highest contract in the NFL like you deserve right now. All you do is win, no matter who you have lined up outside, inside, on top, on the bottom, whatever, on that field. And, you know, I just think he should go wherever he's going to get paid and the hell with the Ravens organization. I mean, screw the loyalty, you know? I mean, you're showing how loyal you are to me. You're not paying me what, what I think I'm worth. And so – they don't think that he's that valuable. I'm telling you. And somebody needs to pick up the phone. I really would like to see Lamar get traded to the cap to the Cowboys or somewhere because I don't like it one bit. And here he is just out here slaving his ass off, just showing you what he can do and how he can win, auditioning for somebody else or the or nobody. Because the Ravens are gonna play this tag game probably. I don't know if they're just going to release him or trade him if they can't come up with a contract or an agreement. You know, like, what's going to happen? How is this thing going to play out? And and all that tagging game stuff, man, I really don't want to see any of that. Let's let this man get paid and let him play wherever he needs to play uh, to get paid. So I would actually push back on that just a little bit. I think the Ravens think he's valuable. I think they don't necessarily see him as valuable as Lamar sees himself. Okay. And what I mean by that is, is because Lamar is looking at it from the standpoint of, you know, hey, Deshaun Watson got $230 million guaranteed. And the Ravens are looking at it as, well, that's an outlier, and the Browns had to pay him that because they're the Browns. We're not the Browns. 
you know, and so, um, you know, that, that's, I think that's the Ravens side of it. Um, and like I said, for Lamar, it's like, well, you know, I don't care that they, that they had to pay a premium at the end of the day, you know, my resume is better than his, not to mention, I don't have all the off the field problems that he does. So, you know, I should be paid accordingly. And, uh, so yeah, I, I think that's where a lot of the hangup is, um, because from my understanding, you know, more, the more that I've looked into kind of the contract situation, he was actually offered more at, at signing than Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray got. But his thing is that 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 Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray are in his conversation. You know, the the Patrick Mahomes and the Josh Allen and and the Deshaun Watson are more of his conversation, and uh, and which I would agree with him. And so, uh, you know, I don't I don't think that they don't see him uh, as valuable. It's just that there's a there's a gap in the value that they both that you know each side sees in Lamar. Well, I hear everything you're saying, and, you know, again, uh, everything that you just said, I'll go with the latter part of that. If he has done what he has to do, and, you know, he he doesn't have to worry about, uh, not care about Cleveland paying Deshaun Watson the premium. Uh, that's what they did because that's Cleveland. I, if I'm Lamar Jackson, I could care less. You know, that, that sounds like a, a you problem to me. Uh, I, need, I need you to give me my lettuce. If you want me to show up for work, point blank, period. And that's just how it should have went down back in July, August. And if that deadline was set up until Friday, he shouldn't have played another day or took another snap in practice after Friday. That's just me. If he gets hurt, man, I'm telling you, he, he screwed himself. And a lot of this, him being his own agent, that plays a part too. They don't like that stuff for whatever reason. But, I mean, just pay the man his money. I'm a winner. I've won more than Kyler Murray. I've won more than Deshaun Watson. What is it to talk about? Give me my damn money. If you don't think I'm Patrick Mahomes, if you don't think I'm Josh Allen or whoever these other guys is who's just gotten paid big money as well, well, let me walk because somebody will give me that money. I mean, it's next contract up. Everybody knows that. Regardless of which quarterback did it and which quarterback got that and set the mark, it's still next up. And a lot of people seem to think that Russell Wilson's contract hurt Lamar Jackson a little bit just because he kind of took a friendly deal. It's his third damn contract, though. I mean, like, why are we comparing that? You know, I don't like that one bit, but I've heard it in the media uh, also over the weekend, and it's like, no, no, no. Russell Wilson's still a bad boy, as I've said, and I think he still will be fine this season. It's just week one. However, yeah, hey, he wants to hang around in Denver for five more years. He took a little, you know, team-friendly deal. It is what it is, but he still got paid. And Lamar, that those contracts shouldn't even play a part. The Ravens shouldn't even use that as an excuse. Well, the last quarterback only got this much. Man, damn it. The last quarterback that got paid, paid, I got to top him. And that's just what they should do. But anyway, he looked great yesterday. And the Ravens, they could be in a good situation with two good quarterbacks or a good backup and a great starter. But at some point, man, this has to play out. And I can't wait to see how it's going to play out. Um but I already have a problem with the Ravens organization uh, for the way they handled this. This man should be paid by now. Anyway, moving on, we've got what else, guys, uh, in the NFL? Uh, the Steelers and the Bengals had a big overtime. Nobody wanted to win. Finally, the man. Steelers got the win in the end. Uh, if anybody has anything to say about that and uh, the overtime. I, I just want to know how your boy uh, is going to explain how bad Trubisky played. That's what I'm waiting on. Because that game shouldn't have been close. Cincinnati should have been blown out. It should have been a game. They should have been allowed to come back and tie the game up. And and Trubisky didn't even need to score. He just needed to sustain some drives. Yeah. Just one decent drive, a three or four first downs, and Cincinnati does not have the ability to come back. 
but he was so inept on offense that, you know, I thought he'd be better than Big Ben. He was worse. <laughs> wow. And I didn't think that was possible. Wow. And I didn't think that was possible. Wow. And I, I was just, I was so disappointed because I really thought that Trubisky would at least be able to come in and just move the chains, man. That defense is so, so legit, so solid, so great at taking the ball away. All you had to do was come in and sustain a drive or two in the second half. And we don't even, there's not a game. There are no missed field goals. There's no blocked extra points because we don't need it. That was disappointing. So bad. The other thing I was very disappointed in from the Steelers in that game is Najee Harris. I think he had like 27 total yards for the game, rushing and receiving. Uh, you know what? He, because because Mitch Trubisky is so bad, they don't have to respect the pass. Yeah, I guess I guess that's true. I, I didn't watch a whole lot of that game. I, I caught a little bit of the end. Uh, but I mean, just just you know, just looking at the box score, seeing now, I was like, you know, for a guy that that you know, a lot of people are looking at as, as somebody that's going to break into kind of that upper echelon of running backs this year. This, this was definitely not a good start for him, and it may not have been. Entirely his fault, um, but you know, by the same token, there's other running backs that have been in bad situations and, and at least been able to show their talent. And, and he definitely didn't do that yesterday. Still, has got the win, so you know, you know, I'm sure he's happy and whatever. But uh, you definitely got to expect more out of him as, as well as Mr. Bisky. You know, it definitely falls more on on uh, on Mitch's shoulders. Uh, you know, he he just, I mean, he's exactly who I thought he was. So whenever we talk to talk to William Jones and get him on here, we'll see if if uh, he still feels the same way he did. Yeah, that's yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, as Travis has said a number of times, it's only week one. But see, and, and, and the problem with Pittsburgh is that they won a game, but it came at a very, very costly price. They apparently T.J. Watt tore his pick, but they're saying that he's not going to be out for the whole year. No. That's good news uh, if you're a Pittsburgh fan. Yeah. But at the same yeah. time, he's going to miss some time. Yeah. And him he's getting additional opinions. They said it could be, a, at best, it could be a six-week time uh, time frame. Uh, but if he if he gets the surgery, obviously that will cost him the season. Now, and my, this is my thing right here: the difference in that defense from when he was in the game and when he went out was night and day. Absolutely. Uh, 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 what's our boy's name? The quarterback. Um, Trubisky. Uh, no, 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 no. For Cincinnati, Joe Burrow. Burrow had enough time to dance around in the pocket. He had enough time to make a sandcastle, to Google his favorite recipe. But when T.J. Watt was in there. He was running for his soul. And that defense is night and day different when he's out of the game. So if if he is not going to be there, even if it's for six weeks, that's whose season might be over with because that is, that is their best player to bar none on either side of the ball. It is, but that defense is still pretty stout regardless. I know the pass He just gives them another level. And without him, man, I, I just don't see it without him. Right, right, right. Well, again, look, it's just week one. I'll say it again. It is just week one. The Steelers defense looks phenomenal, though, guys. I mean, that's Joe Burrow. That's Jamar Chase. That's Joe Mixon. Higgins went out with a concussion. Burrow threw four picks in this game. I know it's week one. Again, didn't play any preseason. So I'm not going to overreact. But I think right. that. If Trubisky can move out of the pocket, though, and then they had a standing statue there for the past few seasons, uh, there was some times where he did move the chains that plays where Big Ben couldn't do it. I'm not going to say he was as bad as you guys say. Maybe I didn't see enough of that game as I thought I did. I had a lot of games that I was trying to watch, but unfortunately I couldn't see uh, any of the early games other than what was on local TV, uh, which sucks. But um, – 
I enjoy watching the Saints come back. We'll get into that in a minute. And uh, I, I just, from what I saw, yeah, he definitely could have done better. But, uh, man, that defense is looking so good, and it was looking good last year as well. Man, I think that they still could overcome and get some wins that they shouldn't get at times. And this is the reason why I still have them with a winning season at 9-8. and eight. And, you know, we'll see. The Bengals, they're going to be fine. It was just one week. It's just week one. But if they make the extra point, we're talking about Burrow to Chase where as the clock hits zero. What a clutch moment. And then they blow it by not kicking. Nobody kicked field goals yesterday, really. Um, just a crazy wild week one. Uh, the New Orleans Saints came back on the Atlanta Falcons. The Falcons were looking hot. They were on fire. I'm talking about torch fire. Marcus Mariota and the Falcons, man, I have been told by someone that, man, watch out for the Falcons. Watch out for the Falcons. I'm like, man, what are you talking about? Well, it's just week one. I'll have to say that again. But they did look pretty good. But if y'all going to talk about Trubisky, even though I'm, I know Mariota did a little more, Mariota, he blew the game too. Or, or, or are we going to put it on the Falcons defense? I don't know. But the Saints came back. And the Saints won that game. And Jameis Winston, famous Jameis Winston, everybody was ready to bash him and say, oh, he didn't win. He can't beat the Falcons. I knew it. I knew it. It's time to go to Andy Dalton. Who knows what we were going to hear, you know? And Mr. 30-pick, 30-touchdown guy. But he had no picks yesterday, and he, he played good when it mattered the most. Michael Thomas struggled, got out to a slow start, but he's back. He'll be fine. And um, the New Orleans Saints – to still come out and get a win as bad as they played early on, I think it just shows more and more on how special the Saints really could be this season. I'm done. Uh, but, again, glad to be right about something on yesterday. <laughs> and the Saints was one along with the Minnesota Vikings over the Packers. Guys, if you want to go ahead and uh, talk about the Saints, please have at it, or the Vikings, or those games. Yeah, the Saints, man, like I said, with, with Jameis Alexander, I was very proud of him on, on the, on the at the back end of the game. You know, the first three quarters definitely weren't uh, necessarily his best. Uh, but the fourth quarter, I think he went something like 13 and 14, threw it over 200 yards, and had the two touchdowns uh, to Michael Thomas. You could even tell with Michael Thomas, there was just a couple of plays, a couple of other plays where they could have had some connection, um, and just their timing is off. They don't have any rhythm really together. They don't have a whole lot of time practicing together, it seems. And so, uh, you know, that, that'll be something that will develop over the season. Uh, but it should, that could definitely be a connection that uh, that could be real, real dangerous for the Saints uh, going forward. So, uh, if I'm a Saints fan, which my sister is actually, I talked to her a uh, good bit during the game. If uh, you know, if I if I'm her, I'm feeling pretty confident about what my team is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, for me, more than anything, I'm just uh, excited that we got to see Michael Thomas back on the field, and and I think he got he got two touchdowns yesterday, right? He got two, yeah, two clutches in the fourth quarter. Yeah, so mm-hmm. listen, I, that that excites me more than anything, man. That that man has been away from the game for too long, and glad he's back. And and I, I still don't think he's one hundred percent, but he's at, at the very least he's reasonably healthy. And uh, Michael Thomas on the field is, is is good for football. Yes, sir. Who that? Yeah. <laughs> um, what about what about the uh, the other game that I had mentioned, uh, the Green Bay uh, the, in Minnesota? Mike is in Green Bay. Yes. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers' frustration was obviously very palpable. Um, if you watch the game, particularly if you caught the beginning of it, of course, uh, Minnesota goes straight down the field and, and gets a touchdown to start the game. Uh, the Packers' very first play from scrimmage, Aaron Rodgers throws a ball that 
I mean, he couldn't have walked down there and handed it to Christian Watson any better, and he just dropped it. I mean, it was a 75-yard. He'd have walked into the end zone backwards. He put Patrick Peterson on skates, and, uh, and I mean, you know, he, he just straight dropped the ball. I don't know if he lost it in the sun or whatever, but uh, no excuse on that one, man. You got to make that catch, and, I mean, that was just – that 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 sequence was really just kind of a microcosm for uh, the pools you saw from the rest of the game. I mean, because that, that wasn't the only drop of the game. Certainly there were some other drops. Uh, from the Packers receivers, uh, Aaron Rodgers definitely looks looks like he's missing Devontae Adams right now. I wouldn't be surprised if he uh, shot him a you up text after that game, uh, just as, as bad as it, as it was at the receiver position for them. So, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the talent that he is, the great player that he is, uh, he's the type of guy that, you know, as the season goes along, he'll find a way to be productive with the guys that are around him. But, uh, you know, as it, especially for yesterday at least, um, it was very obvious that Devontae Adams is missed on that team. I don't feel bad for Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I, I wouldn't necessarily feel bad for him. I'm just saying his, his frustration was definitely it was it was palpable. Yeah, I don't feel bad for him. Uh, good job, Minnesota. Yeah. Well, that was quick. Shout out to uh, Justin Jefferson, man. That listen, that Minnesota team could make some noise. Man, that look. Minnesota team could make some noise. Yes, sir. Uh, just was, right. I've got the Vikings winning the North. And uh, Justin Jefferson, uh, if anybody wants to cover him at any time, just let me know. Uh, oh, I got some breaking news. Justin Jefferson is open again. He just got another catch. Uh, <laughs> if you watch that game, like, they're still doubling Thielen and other cats. Like, hey, man, you don't think Justin Jefferson is the number one here now? If you keep this up, he will have. What do you have? A, what do you have, 11 for 184 and two touchdowns or something like that yesterday? Man, something like that. Yeah, he was balling. Yeah, and, and listen, and kudos to that coaching staff, uh, the, the gentleman from the, that was coach, you know, coaching with the Rams. Uh, they do a good job of moving him around like they do Cooper Cup over in L.A. And it's, it's keeping people from double-teaming him because he's moving around so much. You don't know where he's going to line up and he's going to motion to another spot after he lines up. And, you know, I, I think that a lot of – Coaches out there can take note from this. Quit being stubborn and lining up the uh, wide receiver one in the same spot every time. Move those guys around sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the 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 Vikings did look good, and I think it was more of the Vikings beating the Packers uh, than the Packers just beating themselves. It is week one. Aaron Rodgers will find ways to be productive, as Nick said. However. He won't be as productive as he has been in recent years. And Devontae Adams has a lot to do with that. And I don't feel sorry for him either. Because if he's the bad man that we've always said he is, he'll find a way. And I'm looking for him to do so. And he better do so. Uh, and he still better find a way to win a playoff game or two. And get, uh, You know, I don't care. Uh, Devontae Adams or not, the pressure's still on your ass because you took 50 per knowing that your receiver wasn't coming back. I don't give a damn what you say. Uh, exactly. So, so yeah, I could care less either. Don't feel bad at all. I could care less if they win a game or don't win any more games. Because so really, go ahead. I was gonna point out really the, the 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 thing about Devontae leaving had less to do with the money that Aaron took and more about about the the, the Brett Favre move. He's kind of pulling where every year it's like, oh, is he gonna retire? Is he gonna be here? Is he gonna do this, that, and the third? And so Devontae didn't want to deal with that kind of inconsistency. Um, you know, while, while he can still go get, you know, get his money and go go try to compete for Super Bowl, he didn't want to be in a situation where he looks up and Jordan Love as his quarterback. And I don't blame him. And then they both were capping. Then all this love, all this love fest that we that we had going on, on how much they just can't play without each other, and they that's exactly what they end up doing. Uh, I don't buy either one, and I still think that this guy 
shouldn't have signed if he didn't know if Devontae was going to stay or if he said, I'm taking less, you ain't got to pay me all of that. Devontae could have got something worked out and they could have stayed. This is on Aaron in the front office, mostly Aaron. So I'm not, I'm not budging on that. I'm doubling down on that. So I'll give you all the pushback you want, Nick. Um, I'm not buying it. Uh, this is on Aaron, and that's why I don't feel sorry for him either. 50 per, yeah, I hope it I hope it looks good as you count it out, and it'll be a lot of sacks, it'll be a lot of incompletions, and a lot of punts uh, if you look like that. Because the Vikings' defense, I said they'd be better probably. they get a little better than what they've been so conservative, but Zimmer still was a defensive guy, and he's gone. But the offense, I knew it would be better, and I think it's going to be better. And um, – but if the Vikings defense isn't that good, if it's not like a top half defense of the league, then yeah, the Packers really uh, got to do. They've really got to get better. Uh, moving on though to other games, um, just thought I would quickly sneak in the ones that I was right about. Uh, but there was a lot of games yesterday that probably didn't go a lot of people's way. The Miami Dolphins got to win. Uh, we we got to get out of here. The time is going. But Tua. Is anybody sold on what they saw with Tua yesterday, even though it was just week one and it was against the Patriots? And I don't know what you all think of them after one week, but how do you feel about Tua? They got the win, as expected. I expected it. Mike McDaniel, former Niners guy, running the ball, Mostert, speed. Oh, you know it. We know it. We talked about it. But how do you? what do you think about Tua? Do you need more time? Two has got to show me more. I mean, there, there's one, there's a place certainly that's circling around, uh, making the social media ways where, you know, of course, Tyreek Hill was, I mean, standing by himself and Tua dropped, the, you know, threw the ball in the dirt about 10 yards in front of him. So, um, you know, and, and it wasn't it wasn't even a deep right. He was probably 20 yards down the field and Tua just, just threw it in the dirt. So, uh, you know, I mean, the Dolphins, they, they, their defense played great yesterday. My fantasy team will attest to that. Um, you know, they had a pick six and, and a, a couple of fumble recoveries. Uh, held the Patriots to, I think, seven points on the day. And so, um, you know, the defense definitely carried him yesterday. Tua's got, if, if they're going to be a true contender, Tua's definitely going to have to be uh, more explosive and more consistent than he was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. And I, and I think through the season, throughout the season, he's going to have those opportunities to prove us right or wrong in, in those regards. And that might be the difference in their season. Mm-hmm. So he'll, 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 he'll get some, uh, some, some live testing on that, I'm sure. Right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I agree with both of you guys. Haven't seen enough yet. I'm not quite sold. I um, we we'll just have to wait and see. Just just keep playing. But but the the running game, as long as those guys can stay healthy though, and that speed and that Brian Flores defense that he left behind, which is still looking pretty good, they definitely uh, have a chance to be a wild card team though. Uh, what else we got here? Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. Oh, what about Derek Carr and the Las Vegas Raiders? Uh, do you put I know we put some pressure on Derek Carr. I don't know about you guys, but I I have. Like you got Devontae now. Devontae came to play football yesterday, though, guys. But so did yeah, just yeah. but so did Justin Herbert and the LA Chargers. Uh the Chargers got the win as we expected. I think we all went Chargers. Uh, but uh this wasn't an easy win for the Chargers. Guys, did the Chargers beat the Raiders or did the Raiders beat themselves? What do y'all think about that? Answer that and tell me what you got from Carr and Adams on their first game together. Carr and Adams looks great. They are going to be tough to stop throughout the year. I mean, it's their first game playing together since college. Uh, and they they look very good. Unfortunately, Carr, to me, wasn't sharp going to everybody else. 
Excuse me. Uh, he, he sometimes he threw into some unnecessary double coverage. Waller had a few sometimes good plays. He, I'm sorry. Waller had a few good plays. A few big plays. Yeah, I love Waller. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think Derek Carr as a whole just had to play better. But man, Devontae is 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 a monster out there. Okay. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. You got to play making making the rounds on social media too. He turned uh, a Sante Samuel Jr. around twice in, in one play. It was it was, it was great. disgusting. Mm-hmm. It was disgusting. I mean, that, that dude is, is uh, Jesus. It was it was good. It was fun to watch. Uh, but no, I, I would definitely give give credit to the Chargers uh, in the game. They showed them play well. Uh, Justin Herbert played well, threw three three touchdowns. Uh, Derek Carr didn't play a bad game. Too many too many interceptions. Uh, for my liking, but uh, but you know, like I said, and so that maybe have been a little bit of a, a little bit of friendly fire on that part. But the Chargers played well. Uh, Justin Herbert, like I said, three touchdowns, almost 300 yards passing. Uh, Keenan Allen got hurt early in the game, and the Chargers were still able to, to you know maintain and pull that off. So um, you know, the Chargers are are you know a lot of what we what we thought they were coming into the season, as far as uh, their ability to be explosive and to uh, to make some plays. So we'll, we'll see uh, the Khalil Mack. Was also a monster on the field yesterday, so I was, that was good to see for him uh, against his former team. I, w- I only thing I wish is that John Gruden was still the coach, just so he would be sidelined to to witness that, because um, obviously he was the one behind Khalil Mack leaving in the first place. But uh, three sacks for him yesterday, four hits on the quarterback. So uh, I was I was happy for him just from that standpoint. Yeah, it was pretty easy to call for me. I mean. It- Khalil Mack and Nick Bosa on the edge, man, it's, this is going to be dangerous for somebody. Joey Bosa. Joey Bosa, I'm sorry. It's going to be dangerous for y'all. Right. It's going to be dangerous <laughs> for, whoever the, for whoever the quarterback is that they're going up against every week. And uh, it just so happened to be Derek Carr on this week. And, yes, Khalil Mack was a monster. And uh, I don't blame him one bit for being that. Uh, just if he could, But if he could still give the Chargers half of that every Sunday, man, it's gonna be a lot of more, um, a lot of a lot more offensive possessions for Justin Herbert, and that's not good for anybody else in the AFC or the league. Period. Uh, what else is there? I'm missing, guys. Uh, the Tennessee Titans were upset by the New York Giants. Uh, the um, the okay. Well, we talked about the 49ers, and we've talked about the Ravens. We have not talked about the Eagles and their win. Or, like, what did you get from that win yesterday? And after that, we're going to talk about three injuries that could that could affect uh, our teams significantly. I know one is going to hurt my Niners for a while, Elijah Mitchell being out. And then Terrence and his Ravens have one with Kyle Fuller being done for the season. And, Nick, you've got one on your team as well. But first, the Detroit Lions, they were getting beat. Then they kind of got back in it. And then they still lost. But 38-35, all of this talk about Jalen Hurts and Trey Lance we've had here on the Great Debate Show. Nick gave me a pass because of the monsoon Trey Lance played in and it being week one and him not having George Kittle and his running back being down for two months. And the offensive line isn't good in the interior at all. So I appreciate that, brother. I know at some point, if it's time, you're going to get me, and please do. But Jalen Hurts, what did you get from him? And how serious are you taking that against the Detroit Lions? I was I was happy with Jalen Hurts. I mean, obviously we didn't we didn't have any passing touchdowns yesterday, uh, but the passing game definitely looked fluid, definitely looked looked uh, looked explosive. Uh, AJ Brown had a great debut, I believe, the best receiver debut in the Eagles history. Uh, 10, 10 catches, one hundred and fifty five yards for him. 
Uh, Jalen threw for two forty three. I think he ran for another uh, another ninety. Uh, so whoever has him on their fantasy team certainly was celebrating. Uh, he also you know scored a touchdown on the ground as well. Um, so I, you know I was happy with the way we looked. I think the Lions are a more talented team and a better team than uh, what a lot of people expected, me included. Uh, DeAndre Swift had a big game. Though, if, if I was going to have any issue with what we did yesterday, our defense, I think, was my, my biggest concern. Uh, we gave up a lot of yards on the ground. Uh, but, you know, past that, like I said, you know, it is we won. Um, I think the Lions, like, like I said, are a better team than a lot of people thought they would be. Um, so I, I don't, you know, I'm glad we got the win. I'm glad we were able to close it out. Uh, you know, just got to show up a few things. I think I think we're going to be fine going forward. Well, my question is, was Devontae Smith on the field? <laughs> he he was on the field. Um, you know, it's actually funny. I, I I went across. I ran across a tweet. Uh, there was a reporter, I guess, that that saw a kind of interaction between Jalen and Devontae Smith, where uh, you know, after the game, Jalen's kind of going, "Hey, man, you know, yours is coming." Uh, zero catches, zero yards yesterday for him uh, on four targets. Uh, it was it was AJ Brown's day. I mean, you know, like I said, the guy, you know, thirteen targets and ten catches. Uh, Dallas Goddard also was was a nice factor. He had sixty yards and through the air. Um, just wasn't Devontae's day, like I said. So uh, AJ AJ got off. Devontae's will come in at some point. So I, I'm not too worried about that. Okay. All right. Well, uh, I just didn't see enough of those early games, as I said before. So I will keep my judgment to myself for this week. And I look, I hope the best and wish the best for Jalen Hurts. I'm just not sold on his deep ball, but I need to see it more because he probably is more accurate than I've given him credit for. And he probably just didn't have enough talent. But A.J. Brown had a decent game from what I saw. And uh, the, the, the Eagles, you know, they definitely don't have a problem putting up 30 plus. They done it pretty easy, it seemed, uh, yesterday on Sunday. However, it's a, they had to put up that 38 also against the Detroit Lions. And I just don't know what to take from that because, again, it's just week one. So, what did we learn from week one, if anything? Well, one thing I've learned is that the San Francisco 49ers are getting very close to having a 2020 injury-prone season again. It's happening slowly but surely. Kittle may come back on week two, but Elijah Mitchell, their starting running back, is down for two months with a sprained MCL. The offensive line in the interior is very young and inexperienced, and it showed, so, you know, with some of the stuff that I've seen, the plays or whatever, highlights, uh, 49er fans telling me, it just seems as if they're struggling. Shanahan, a little too consistent, I'm hearing. He always can be at the worst times trying to put a game away. He just doesn't seem to know how to finish. That is becoming very dull and old, and we're tired of hearing it. And if the Niners don't do good with Trey Lance, if this doesn't work out, whenever we find out that it doesn't work out if it doesn't, that's it for him and Lynch because just giving up too much draft capital uh, for the future. So if he doesn't work, this is it. And, uh, again, I've learned that it's just week one, and I've learned that everybody that lost last week could possibly win next week. And everybody that won this week could lose next week. It doesn't matter. It's week one, and that's just it. Um, the injuries, though, Jimmy Ward is still out. He will miss the first four games. So that's three more at least. Jimmy Ward is a star-studded safety who's very underrated in this league, and he's not playing for the Niners. That hurts as well. Uh, 
they're missing a few pieces that they're not talking about, but because they played the Bears, we were supposed to be getting that. But that was unexpected weather. I don't know. I didn't see or hear anything about it until damn near 12, that it was like a lot of rain coming or happening, and bam, man, that was a nasty-looking game. Uh, I've also learned out of week one that, hey, just uh, it's just what it is. Nobody plays preseason anymore, as I said, and a lot of these guys are just getting their win back. They're just getting in football shape correctly. They're not used to playing a full 60 minutes. And and the timing and the chemistry and everything, you know, it it won't be – it won't click immediately, you know, except unless you're Patrick Mahomes and, you know, and or whoever else you've been in these systems for quite some time. Uh, The Denver Broncos just lost to the Seahawks. I say, hey, it's week one. That says it there, even though the Broncos did beat themselves also. Uh, that's it for me, guys. Tell me what you learned from week one. And and Terrence, also, please uh, give us your take on that injury to your corner, Kyle Fuller, if that hurts. You, you had a devastating year last season in, in the secondary. Right. Uh, right. Just just tell us about this one. Maybe maybe not as big or as major, but, you know, your take on it. And, Nick, same I mean, with yeah, your Anytime guy. you have somebody that's, that's out for the year, you know, of course, it's, it's a pretty big deal. But I don't think it's uh it's the wrecking ball that last year's injury was. Yeah. Uh, injury bug was and they can they can definitely recover. Uh hey man, call that quarterback up, next man up. You know, we've seen the Patriots do this for a long time now, next man up. It's just that simple. That's it. That's it. Nick, you lost a guy too, right? Is it Derek Barnett? Yeah, yeah, Derek Barnett towards ACL, uh, gone for the season. You know, I hated for him. This guy came out of Tennessee uh some years ago, he's been a good player for us. Uh, but we we know if it, if it is if, if we were going to lose somebody at any position across the defensive line would be the place where I think we'd be you know most comfortable with doing so uh, just because we got a lot of depth there so I think we'll still be okay um, you know I just did, definitely hate for him he's a good player for us yeah I remember Barnett out of Tennessee okay uh, uh, one more thing I could say that I forgot to mention is that uh, uh, and I think I forgot again damn it. Um, Man, I can't remember now. It was something about the Niners and another injury. But I also just want to say that the Niners, for whatever reason, if they're healthy now, they're still going to be a good football team with Trey Lance or Jimmy Garoppolo. I think that's going to happen. Uh, But now, again, if these injuries keep coming like they're coming, these players can't hit the field. They're not going to win as many games if they don't have these players, depth or no depth. Because sometimes when Niner players get hurt, we seem to lose the starters, we seem to lose the backups, and sometimes even the third stringers. So, man, look, I'm telling you, it's just week one, but we're losing people and we need some people back. And if we don't get those people back, the hell with what I said as far as 13, 12 wins. It's not going to happen if they, you know, don't have those guys able to suit up. Cal Shanahan, I will say, Excluding the first season in 17 as the Niners head coach, since he's had Garoppolo. 2018, missed the playoffs. 2019, Super Bowl appearance. 2020, missed the playoffs. 2021, NFC Championship appearance. Now we're in 2022. It just seems like those even years, it just seems like it never goes well for Shanahan and the Niners. He has not had back-to-back winning seasons. It needs to happen. But he does he do he does need these players to stay healthy. I don't know what it is about the Niners and why they can't stay healthy. Maybe the maybe the practices are too physical or something. I'm not sure. But everybody gets hurt. 
it just seems to happen more these days than it ever did back in the day. There are no more two-a-days, can't touch quarterbacks, and when these guys get on the field, it's just like they're just made of glass and something breaks every damn week. And sometimes it's players that like, dang, I waited six months in the offseason to see this guy, and he shatters his damn knee after one game. It happens to the best of them, but damn. Like, it just – Jerry Rice missed one season, and he didn't miss the entire season, but damn near because of a, a, a freak accident, a freak play from, from Warren Zapp, uh, and, you know, messed, messed Rice uh, knee up in the 97 season. He was done for a while. Other than that, never seen Rice where I can remember him missing a football game. I saw Emmitt Smith run with a separated shoulder in the Meadowlands and beat the Giants. I've seen Brett Favre, Steve McNair, some of the toughest guys that I've ever seen play the game. No matter what was on the injury report, they were playing. I'm not trying to call these guys a bunch of wusses, but damn, it sure has gotten a lot softer than it was back in the day. (laughs) Seriously, guys. Uh, that's all I've got. It's been a great show, guys. I appreciate you. Uh, we've got the rallydebate.com. Our good folks over there and our new sponsors are going to be uh, kicking it with us really tough here coming up. And we're going to have some debates on their website. And we're going to have a time frame. And everybody gets to mute themselves. So everybody, the other person has, Nick, you've got two minutes to talk. Terrence, you've got two minutes or one minute to respond. Nobody can talk over each other. They've got everything with the music, I mean, with the mute button and everything. It's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be cool. And we may get a lot of more people to t- check out the Great Debate Show. So that's coming up uh, very, very soon, possibly next week's episode. But that's all I got. Guys, it's been a good week one, a uh, wild and crazy week one. But just whatever y'all got um, before we get out of here, man, if there's anything that you forgot to mention about anything or anybody, please do. Yeah, that, that's it for me, man. You guys uh, enjoy your enjoy your Tuesday, and let's get ready for a nice double header on Thursday. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. We absolutely, absolutely. I'm glad to be I'm glad to be among the the land of the undefeated team still, just like uh, Terrence over there. So that hey, brings us uh, to you, my brother. Say what? I said toast to you, my brother. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, so uh, you know, hopefully we'll see if uh, if both of us are still. Still on that side of things uh, after after this coming week. That's Damn. always the goal. Yeah, it very well could be the same scenario next week, and I'm still on the losing end if the Niners, you know, don't get it together and if the Seahawks keep playing like they played on Monday night. Wow. Um, yeah, that's a good way to end the show. God dog, Gino. You know, man. Wow. What a game. Shout out to him, man. I, I'm happy for him. Me too. I am. I am. And um, he learned some things from Russell, I guess, while he was there as the backup. And uh, third year in the system and everything, uh, Rashard Penny, I can remember talking about him a few years back in my mock draft. And everybody was like, what? Who? That's who. Um, just. Yeah. Hey, I always say it, it matters where you get drafted. Getting drafted to the Jets was a curse. Man, tell me about it. Wow, wow, wow. Um, yeah. And it looks like that's happened with. Some of these people that go to the Jets, Jaguars, like, man. Uh, I almost Saquon Barkley, Nick. I thought it could be him, too. We'll see. A lot of season left to play. But uh, this is his last season in New York, though I'm sure I wouldn't want to stay there, even if I do, you know, snap out, even if we do somehow win the East, uh, make a wild card, get away from the Giants, 
and and go play somewhere else, like maybe San Francisco. I don't know somewhere, but uh, we'll see if he can stay healthy. Uh, because that's my biggest thing with Barkley. He's just kind of like the NFL Zion Williamson to me. Like, I know what he's capable of if he's on the field, but I need him on the field. And that's just that. Um, but look, nobody said anything really about Garoppolo or Trey Lance. So you all get it week one. You didn't make a big fuss out of it. Let's see what we'll be saying if they lose to Seattle, though. <laughs> that remains to be seen. But that's all we've got, ladies and gentlemen. Um, Baker Mayfield and Russell Wilson. Both lose against their former teams. What a week one. We're out of here. We will be back on a Thursday for a doubleheader. We will be talking about football, Raiders, Chargers. I mean, uh, not Raiders, Chargers. We just had that. Chargers, Chiefs. Oh, my God. The AFC West. Man, man, man. Um, It's going to be good. We'll see you then. And we're out. Uh, One more thing before I go. Jerry Jones. Give the Ravens a call, man. Ask for Hunley. If they say Hunley's not available, then ask is Lamar Jackson available. And that's all. Just do that. If you do that and and nothing happens, I'm cool. But just if I hear anybody else say this on ESPN, FS1, or anything, it confirms what we've already been knowing here at the Great Debate Show. And Terrence knows exactly what I mean. Well, that's it. It's been the good guys, Terrence Smith, Nick Ely, and myself. Jarvis Jeffries, we thank you for listening. We out. Y'all, please be safe out there. Get out.